nothing ventured, nothing gained. This is the way I've been thinking the last number of days, and this passage was just in my mind. 1 Samuel 14, I'll read just a few verses in here. In 1 Samuel 14, verses 1 and 2, Now it came to pass upon a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree. There, just enjoying the shade, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. And there were, in verse 3, it goes on to say that there were other leadership there with him as well. Skip down to verse number 6. Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come, let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Wonderful words of comfort from his friend there. And then we'll skip to verse 15 where it says, And that first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made was about twenty men within it, within, as it were, an half-acre of land which a yoke of oxen might plow. And there was, oh sorry, that was verse 14, verse 15, And there was trembling in the host, in the field, and among all the people, the garrison, and the spoilers, they also trembled, and the earth quaked. So it was a very great trembling. And then let's just read one last verse in verse 23, just that first phrase. So the Lord saved Israel that day. Note that it says, the Lord saved Israel that day. Not Jonathan, not his armor bearer. Um, The Lord did it. Uh, I just want to make a few comments, if I could, to try to organize some of these thoughts. There's four points there was a need, there was faith, there was action, and then there was God's salvation. That's the way I'll summarize this, this episode here. The need is <clears throat> actually outlined more clearly in the previous chapter in verse uh, 19. It says, in chapter 13, verse 19, it says, Now there was no smith found throughout all the land of Israel, for the Philistines said, lest the Hebrews make them swords or spears, down to verse 22. So it came to pass in the day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of any of the people that were with Saul and Jonathan, but with Saul and with Jonathan his son was there found. So they had no weapons. Uh, The Philistines, smartly, they took away the ability for them to create their own weapons. No smith in the land. And so there was a great need. They felt their poverty. And often we read in times of revival, times in the past, there is an awakening of tremendous need. You read in in the New York City revival. Actually, I have the quote here from the book that we had on the case for United Prayer. It says, around that time, before that third great awakening, it says, Before this time, the city and the country had been absorbed in the pursuit of pleasure and gain. Okay? We're seeing that again today. 
Men were making haste to be rich and to enjoy their riches. Recklessness of expenditure, extravagance in living, display in furniture, equipage and dress had attained a height unexampled in the previous social history of our country and utterly inconsistent with the simplicity and virtue of our fathers. Christians who were trembling for the future had been gathering in meetings for prayer before the convulsion began. Um, the author of that book notes that around that time there was great need. There was great need in this country. And there was a great need in Israel. We see they didn't have any weapons. And today there's a great need. Is there not? If we take a moment just to think about where we are, churches are not gathering for the most part. We're in lockdown. We're in fear. We have conservative voices, churches being deplatformed. That's a word. Deplatformed. Cancel culture in full swing. People like, obviously, Trump. And now the latest, James O'Keefe, who is the, uh, the founder of Project Veritas. They go undercover and sort of uh, try to dis- disclose all that's going on with the abortion mills. They've been deplatformed. And uh, along with a host of other people, this is happening. All the abortions, all the homosexuality, all the vices in our culture in the West and around the world, they're still spreading. Now add to that the whole gender confusion. There's no Smith in Israel. There is no, there is no power that we have in this country, as it were. Where are the prayer warriors? Are there any prayer meetings being, being sprung up all over the country? Uh, we see there in the New York City case, Christians have begun to pray. Now, there are prayer meetings springing up, but I'm talking about in, in large scale. So, we see our need. There was faith. Let's just take a minute to see that. Verse 6, It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. This is faith speaking. Okay, they didn't have weapons. They had nothing. Saul was, the leadership, they couldn't look to the leadership. They were just sitting back and, well, you know, there was nothing they could do, supposedly. Um, We are in a similar situation. But there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Even though we don't see many in his prayer meeting, even though we don't see many um, with a heart or with a desire, even hardly, there is no restraint for the Lord to save by many or by few. And it's a little bit like what we read in, in Numbers where Caleb and Joshua are saying, we are well able to do it. Let us go in and possess the land, right? Even in the face of the giants and the walled cities and, and the fact that they, they, had, they were just, they were not trained soldiers, but even, in, even against all that, they said, we are well able. See, that is faith speaking. So there was faith here. And I want us to be able to not just look at all that's wrong in the world, which there's plenty there, and we can all agree on that, and we can just talk about that like Saul, and sit down under the pomegranate tree and rehearse all of that all day long. But there is then action. There has to be action. And this is why I was so encouraged with uh, Nicole's a testimony is because it does take action. It's a little note. It's a little, little brief 
bit of detail there where she asked him how he was doing. Okay, but that is action. Um, in verse 13 of our chapter here, it says, And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet. He climbed up that wall and he took action. And this is, this is the thing that I want us to really get, okay? Even when we do this project with Bob Jones or we try to do the Foundations Conference, there's always an element of fear. There's always an element of objection. There are always going to be the naysayers. There are always going to be those who will, will, will itemize all the reasons why you shouldn't. And b- believe me, I've heard them all, okay? And I've, I can add my own list to that. There needs to be an element of faith, and then there needs to be an element of action. And so when we are praying for God to move upon the hearts of our loved ones or, or whatever context we find ourselves in, there must be action. We cannot go down this hyper-Calvinistic road where we, we just expect God to do it all. There's always man's responsibility, always in the Bible, and um, I mentioned a little bit of that in the email that you saw there. Call upon me. We're supposed to do something here. We're calling upon God even in this hour. And he will answer us. And then there is God's salvation. God's salvation. At the end of the day, do you know what happened is that it wasn't... Re- I mean, Jonathan and his armor bearer, sure, they, they took the first step. And God marvelously helped them. But they weren't the ones that really won the battle. It says there that in verse 15, there was a trembling in the host. The earth quaked. So it was a very great trembling. Remember, the Israelites didn't have weapons. And so what happened was God stepped in after the step of faith. And he he brought an earthquake. And he created so much confusion that they were fighting each other. Not really sure how that could be, but that's how it was. They started fighting one another. It says that in verse 20, it says, They came to the battle, and behold, every man's sword was against his fellow, and there was a very great discomfiture. Chaos ensued. God stepped in. And so that's why I could say in verse 23, The Lord saved Israel that day. And when you read all the accounts of the revivals, you can't point to any one person and say it was because of him or because of her. All glory must go to God because usually God uses the weak and the nobodies, right? We talked about that, the weak and um, the frail, the feeble, so that all glory can go to God. And that's, that's the way we feel about ourselves, Sermon Audio. We are nobodies. We are weak. Compared to tech giants, believe me, we are weak. And yet, can God do something great even in this adventure of faith? I'm constantly praying that the Lord will help me to walk by faith. But we all have this in our lives, whether it's this with Sermon Audio or with our impossible family members that we're trying to see one for Christ. Walk by faith. A thing that um, was quoted, I'll just go ahead and play this little clip. It's only 30 seconds long. This is from that sermon that I included in the email. It's from Tim Conway, and he just says it so much better than I could. So let's just sit and listen to this for 30 seconds. We, do, we can't not become so inwardly focused that, to the neglect of some vision outward. Vision. 
I'm not afraid of that word. I mean by that some sufficient imagination and strategy and design, anticipation, expectation. Wasn't it William Carey that said, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God? I mean, that's the reality. We step out expecting God to come and help us and cause us to walk on the water as we go. Amen. That's the clip. Basically, there's nothing wrong with with using our brains that God has given us and 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 thinking through how can we use the tools that we have? How can we use what we have in our hand? Like Moses, you know, what is in thy hand? It's just this stick. Well, with that stick, I'm going to save a nation. Well, what is in our hand? We have something that God has given to us. Use vision, imagination, boldness, faith. Chalmers, Thomas Chalmers, is famously quoted to have said, regardless of how large your vision, it's too small. That's an amazing statement. Think about it. Regardless of how large your vision for God's kingdom, it's too small. And if you read of what Chalmers did in his lifetime, you'd be quite amazed. And yet he said, it's too small. That's the sort of spirit that we need, friends. That's the sort of spirit I want. I don't want to live in a in a in a culture of defeatism or woe is meism. I want to have the spirit of these men, Chalmers and Carey, expect great things, attempt great things, take a step of faith. Don't be cowering like Saul under the pomegranate tree. One final note, this is not part of the the, the original points, but the armor bearer. I just have to say about this armor bearer, how encouraging it is to see this armor bearer in verse 7. He says to Jonathan, do all that is in thine heart. Behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. We need to be armor bearers to those around us. There are so many naysayers. It is amazing. How many people, there are, there are so many armchair critics, people that don't do anything, essentially, but can criticize up and down a storm. It is It can be so discouraging. Let us be like this armor bearer. Even if we don't agree with the vision or the idea or the, the attempts being made, don't pour water on that. Don't pour cold water on that. To have the spirit of this armor bearer, do all that is in thine heart. I am with you. I'm, I'm with you. Not, God bless you. I don't know, but... Uh, go for it, you know, sort of that type of mentality. No, it's more like, I'm with you. I'll be with you. I will help you. I will I will be there for you. I'll pray for you. Let's be encouragers. I want to be an encourager. So, this is the passage I wanted to relay to you. It was a burden on my heart. It's not just for for my context. It's for all of our context. And I pray that the Lord will not allow us to just sit and defeat in passive inertness but that we will have the faith enough to take that first step. Amen.